Welcome to the Waking Up to Money podcast. It's called Waking Up to Money because of its double meaning. Uh, we record these podcasts every Wednesday morning when we think most people are waking up. And what we talk about is the idea of waking up to your relationship to money and how that impacts how you do pricing in your business. So we believe that if you can shift that relationship, you can price your products and services in a way that positively impacts your business and the lives of your clients. We record these podcasts live so that we can invite guests to ask questions too. This means you'll hear about challenges and situations from people like you, and we ground the ideas and tactics we share in real-world situations. We hope you'll find these episodes a valuable resource as you try to work out what it means to price more powerfully and confidently. Our hope is by sharing these ideas, we'll stop you getting in your own way of making the money and impact that you want to make in your business. Enjoy. You're live and recording. That's what Crowdcast says. Okay. Are you live? Are you recording? Hold on, hold on. Let me just check. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Uh, good morning, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to an earlier waking up to money. We're waking a little bit earlier. Waking up a little bit earlier. <laughs> As they say, the the early bird catches the pricing worm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, how you doing today, Ben? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I realised actually I meant to take my sweatshirt off before we started, so I'm actually just going to take my sweatshirt off, which means I am undressing on screen. Uh, so you'll have to just talk for two seconds while I'm. You know, sex sells. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That, yes. So yeah, we'll leave. We'll leave that there. Hold on one second. Um, while we're watching um, Ben get naked. Um, Love to hear from you all. Uh, say good morning in the chat. Thank you, Aleska. Alexa. Sorry, Alexa. Oh, luckily I don't have Alexa in the house. Uh, hi, Saskia, and hi, Francis. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, and everyone else, uh, please say hello. Um, we'd love to uh, yeah, feel connected to all of you listening live right now. Uh, you didn't get the memo with the black T-shirt. Oh, shit. I got confused. That's ready for the 10.30 waking oh, up money slot. Damn, 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 damn. Oh, that's, that's crap planning on our part. Oh, well, we'll just have to carry on with an in, inform, just winging it approach to doing Emergent. This show. <laughs> Emergent. Emergent, sorry. Emergent strategies. Um, yeah, so oh, a question we have for you, actually uh while while we're sort of getting into the swing of things uh for those of you listening we'd love to know you know how um does imposter syndrome because this is what we're talking about today and we might not have to talk about it if this actually isn't an issue for you all but does imposter syndrome come into uh your life when you're thinking about pricing and and essentially kind of negotiating price with your clients um and if so uh maybe share how and then the next power up to that is if you're willing to come and share a bit more, more of that, that story with us, uh, please uh, put your hand up um, and we'd love to invite you to, to elaborate. Uh, and then we can have a little conversation around that because uh, we think that's it's one of the most useful, I, we believe, and um, connecting 
aspects of what we do on these these little shows is actually talking to people uh, and anyone listening then you know helps them relate to the stuff that we're talking about uh, but to kick off ben why are we talking about imposter syndrome <laughs> oh we're talking about imposter syndrome <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm a bit, I'm, I'm, um, I'm feeling a bit imposter-like about talking about. So imposter why syndrome. are we talking? We're actually talking. I think it's actually Melanie's fault. I don't know if Melanie's with us uh, today, but Melanie was with us last week, and um, she was kind of asking the question that we sort of touched on a little bit, which was about confidence and uh, I guess a kind of sequence a little bit. Like, should you kind of? get more confident and then your prices will follow or uh, put up your prices and then the, the confidence follows. And we had a little bit of a conversation around that uh, and the kind of imposter syndrome came up within it. Uh, and so I guess, well, when we were just reflecting on the conversation that we'd had last week, kind of thinking, you know, <clears throat> this is something which has come up a few times in the chat over the, the weeks that we've been doing this. And so it kind of felt like, you know, maybe there is something in this um, and, maybe it would be kind of useful to talk to it a little bit because um, <clears throat> actually when I was reflecting on what Melanie had asked, and I know we, we sort of spoke about this and you offered some good insight on this as well, Carlos. And I know from my own experience, it was a bit sort of accidentally the other way around. So I put my prices, we put our prices up by a lot. And actually then the confidence kind of followed from that because, you know, we had more money in the business actually we became easier to buy for all reasons kind of spoken about elsewhere and um so we became easier to buy clients kind of looked at us in a kind of more clients felt more confident because they were associating our higher prices with a kind of more reliable service and so there was like a whole kind of interconnected set of things which actually uh, started to kind of shine a light back on us so we felt more confident having accidentally put our prices up um and um yeah so kind of that was what sort of came to mind for me uh, when I was reflecting on um, the question that that Melanie had put to us around the sequence of this. Is that a bit kind of fake it before you make it type idea? I guess it, it is a bit fake it before you make it, isn't it? And the other quote, which now I can't remember, which I think we did speak about in the mail out, which was... Um, Kind of mental notes of don't start saying something you clearly have no idea <laughs> what, what it is you're going to say. It's something along the lines of you can't think yourself to a new action, but you can act yourself to a new thought. New way of thinking. New That's way of thinking. It. Yeah, yes, I'm glad you wrote that down for me so I could remember. <laughs> and <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess there is that. Now, I see some people are putting some helpful things down, which is useful because then we can sort of stop blathering on and talk to useful things that people might yes, want to know. Exactly. I think Sarah and, and uh, Saskia are, are happy to join us. I just wanted to paint a, a little bit of a picture uh, as well um, because one thing that springs up – well, I had a conversation this morning with my wife about this, and there's something around – uh, we're thinking about not only pricing with a lot of things, but coming with a very clear demand energy. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about masculine and feminine energies as much as I as I'm very feel very unqualified and a bit of like an imposter here now talking about it. But there's this idea of like a demand energy, and I'm gonna call it a masculine energy of like, okay, I am worth this. This is the price I want to charge. This is it. Take it or leave it. Or just you know offering at least a, a very clear 
starting point for people. Um, and then there's another energy, and, and I'm not going to call it feminine energy because it might not be that, but there's this other aspect, maybe the counterpoint to that kind of demand energy of I'm just grateful for anything I get. It's like, you know, you know, and that feeling of like, oh, am I worth this? Can I, can I, you know, do you tell me how much you're happy to pay? And then I'll just accept, not even negotiate. I'm just going to accept because that's the thing. And so what if, if when it's, when is that kind of that energy of like that, you kind of lose a bit of the power. Uh, and then because of that, that powerless feeling for me is, is that, impulse syndrome like actually what can i charge what am i what am i what am i worth and, and that for me links to when you link your personal worth to the worth of the work that you do and that's i think where i believe you can get really stuck because any rejection any shift particularly going lower on a price is suddenly like oh what does that mean for my personal value so that that's a bit of a kind of a backstory for me and i was trying to explain it you know, we talk about on the course, Ben, is it like it's 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 about uh, isn't about you. It isn't, you know, little bits about you, but a majority isn't really about you. It's about the value that you're going to bring to that person. Uh, and I was scrambling for an example, like, oh, you know, trying to land it. And I said, oh, I love physics. Well, I used to love physics. I still love physics. I really enjoy physics. I used to teach physics. I used to do tutoring with physics. And so um, I said, if I was to teach, if I was going to ask Lawrence, say I was going to offer to teach him physics, he would probably say, that's not worth anything to me. <laughs> so why would, why would I want to do that? It's like, I'm not going to pay you to teach me physics. And I'd be like, oh, I love physics. <laughs> you don't think that's valuable. It's like, and then suddenly like, oh, it, it just feels really, really difficult to then even talk about that to anyone else. But then I used to tutor physics and we had this conversation. It's like, if you talk, to a parent whose kid is just about to do the GCSE and they're struggling. And actually, if they get that GCSE, they might be able to get that A-levels, then they could get a degree, and then they get a really good career. And suddenly they're on a path of kind of safety for the rest of their lives. Suddenly being tutored in physics is amazing. It's like a really, you know, valuable thing. And so there's really there's two things there. There was like uh, A, what outcome does it bring for me? And B, timing. It's like, is it important to me right now? And for someone at that stage, it was really important. So if I suddenly tied my value to how much each of those people or each of those scenarios, um, or my personal wealth value to each of those scenarios, then on one hand, I'm like, mm, that's a bit rubbish. And on the other hand, it's like, wow, this is, <laughs> this is, I feel really powerful now. It's like I can really help people. So anyway, that was a bit of a preamble. <laughs> a little uh, journey in kind of... Uh, uh, Sort of wandering thought space uh, but uh, what I'd like to do now is maybe we let's get into something a bit more uh, uh, down to earth i.e someone with a real question and a real challenge that we can maybe talk to I'm going to invite Sarah up first to see if she can join us on screen so if I can find Sarah on here there you are Sarah okay Sarah I am going to invite you now Hopefully, you can join us and have a quick chat about uh, unworthiness regards to pricing. Uh, and uh, uh, Alexa, she says, um, oh, so, what did she say? I've never thought of uh, my ability to price my work. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, ah, sorry. I'm just wondering. Sarah, 
Hello. <laughs> Happy uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> oh my gosh, it doesn't matter what Happy day. Happy pricing, is. whatever. <laughs> Happy pandemic day, we're still in it. <laughs> we'll say Welcome. Thank you very much for joining us, Sarah. Thanks. Um, please, uh, yeah, uh, maybe quickly just share a little bit about yourself. Where, where are you based and uh, what is it you do? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm based in Greater Manchester and I work in communications and specifically uh, like social value. So, cool. Um, I have quite a range of clients. Uh, in different sectors um and yeah so uh, some sports uh property sort of technology and yeah so that's sort of my background and um i started coming to these podcasts um sorry not podcasts but you know what i mean um, yeah we don't know either <laughs> yeah they are they are they are typeless <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah a few weeks ago because um, one of my contacts, we were talking about money, and I said, "Oh, you know, ooh, ooh," and it's a bugbear of mine. I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not really confident about it. Um, so I can talk about the value I bring, you know, got there. Um, and so mine is a small agency. I used to work. I've been in house for most of my uh, career, so I've got tons of uh, skills. I've also got quite an interesting skill set. Um, like I'm quite uh, like. Quite, quite, quite a good bean in cycling and nicely connected. You know, you can't buy that. <laughs> you know, you can't buy that everywhere. Um, and also, like a really good head on some of the prop tech things as well. So, you know, I'm aware of certain things I bring and my 20 year value of, you know, of CSR, social value. So, I, I am, um, you know, confident in that. And and I do love the way my brain can fizz when I'm speaking to people. And I recognise that the quick solutions I bring come from those amounts of years of working in the industry as I do as well so that's all good but then when I'm putting a proposal together I'm doing my numbers it all just seems too bloody big um and what I've done so I've and I've done things like you know I, I benchmark myself because I'm now I launched a small agency a, a year ago I benchmark myself amongst peers and I'm like yeah you're shit hot Sarah but but you know but but, but you know but the thing is and of course as a you know perfectionist it's like well you're never going to be perfect and I hate the word expert because you show me an expert and I'll just show you a bigger expert you know so I, I don't mind saying I have expertise that's different but um but equally so I have this relationship with uh that's sort of bounded around and that as well um and so what I do is every time I've done a proposal I contact two people one of two people and, and I answer to go through my numbers and one of them works, uh, she does my job, she's in a different company, she runs a company, and Leanne's really, really helpful. Leanne was the person that told me to come here, so she's oh, like, she's here on here at the moment, say hello, Leanne. <laughs> um, hello, Leanne. <laughs> Leanne Grimshaw. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I do that, and every time they give me the same feedback, which is like, oh, mate, mate, you <laughs> know, like, how are you going to live? And it's true, I'm not, I'm not billing enough, you know? But it's that fear, because I am not my target customer. I think part of it comes that I look at things as if I am, mm. you know. And, yeah, so I'm not my target customer. And, you know, and I, I yeah, so I, I think that's one of my mistakes I've been making. Um, so one of the, so, and then I, I like I like the checks I've been doing, putting into place uh, with Leanne or Kelly. Um, but I, I've got to get better. Um, and it's that confidence. So I can talk about value. Um, 
uh, yeah, but, yeah. but I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. so, just to clarify, at the core of this, so what I'm hearing is that you, you're super confident about the work and your abilities and your experience. That stuff, it sounds like you're saying you, you're, you, know, you, you trust in that. I do. I mean, but the thing is, there's the but, you know, like, I don't know everything. I mean, like, so. Okay. And because of I don't know everything, then is there this doubt around when you're doing proposals, you, you just need it sense checked somehow. You're asking for Leanne and, and this other person to, to make sure that you're, you're putting the right numbers down. Is that the, the core challenge there? Yeah, like... That, I think they're those two aren't so connected um, in my mind, but, um, but those are two issues there. Cool. So that, I'm, I'm under, uh, yeah, <coughs> my, my prices seem high to me, mm. uh, even though they're not. And I change them for like in different sectors. So, you know, you get paid less in different sectors. So I, I do flex my prices. Um, and I, do, I try not to take on too many small clients because I do have a small business rate, which means I can't take on. Mm -hmm. you know, because it's the same amount of time and energy for me. So I cap that and I, you know, and I show it as a discount, never as mm -hmm. a, you know, as a, as a, as a prize, if I'm doing a reduced rate for a, for a small client. So mm -hmm. Sarah, what, what would be a useful piece of feedback that you'd like to get from Ben today? What would be a, a focus? I think the, I think the, the, the setting of prices amongst, um, I don't, I don't know actually that's a, I mean you know that that's my question really how do I get confident talking about uh talking about my value like mm -hmm. cool no that's good Ben okay so um firstly thanks Sarah for coming on and sharing this really really appreciate it uh because I think what you're talking about you know for sure lots of people are, are struggling with and you know it's the interesting thing isn't it because you of course do know that your 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 expertise, if, you know, is extremely valuable, um, and so you kind of do know that. But it's just kind of how then to kind of make make this kind of leap. A few few things kind of came to mind as you were you were talking. Um, I just just to kind of clarify, you said kind of early on that you're you're comfortable talking about your value, and um, like I guess when you're talking to a, a prospective client, what what do you what, what do you mean by that when you're talking about your value? What do you mean by talking about your value? Well, I always look at what the business is wanting to do. Mm -hmm. and how I, I mean, For me, it's how the business can get to where it wants to go. Mm -hmm. To your client. So yeah. And, yeah. And what, what would be an example of, I mean, if, is there, is there like a client example where you can share a sort of conversation that you might have had recently where you, to, just to give me a kind of feel of the type of, the type of change that a client might be hoping to um, enjoy? Yeah, it might be that a client wants to engage with people. Um, so one of my clients has X amount of retail outlets and it mm -hmm. wants to attract more women as well to mm -hmm. um, its outlets. And so I um, sort of, uh, suggested a program of events. Right. And, but um, then linked to that is uh, there, there were a lot of nuances to the events as well, not just the producing mm -hmm. of them. But uh, yeah, the position and the positioning of them. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be. Uh, they were online events, and um, so that's a, a kind of a simple example. But the this, the topics were very. Um, they had a lot of cut through. Mm -hmm. The only 
people in the sector doing these kind of having these kind of conversations. Mm -hmm. um, so talking about diversity in this sector was very different. Uh, was very mm -hmm. the first to do this, but it's and how, how how big is the how big is the client? Big. So like, give me some give me some numbers to, well, to understand. Them on a European basis, but they're global. Um, mm -hmm. And so this is uh, it's a, a relatively small piece of work, um, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, they're they're a big yeah they're, they're a big client. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, big, they're one of the yeah they're you know, very well known. Mm -hmm. um, so they're, they're, so they're, they've got retail networks which are selling hundreds of millions of pounds worth of stuff, or millions of pounds worth of stuff, or billions of pounds worth of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So which one <laughs> would you go for? Millions of pounds of the star. Okay, and so how uh, how kind of valuable is it to them to attract more women to their to their to their retail? Well, I mean, incredibly, in terms of a purchase price, price of just one item, you know, that mm -hmm. could pay for me for that could pay. You know, it, it, the, the value of that, if you want to put that into perspective, they're quite high value products. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Somebody might only use what need one or two, but they're quite high value and people mm -hmm. are quite loyal as well. So once you know, and that's really that's that's the importance um, because it's not about like these events don't talk about that company all the time and that stuff. It's more about the sector. Mm -hmm. you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So it's um, yeah. And so, do you have a kind of good feeling for why they wanted to solve this problem? Why yeah. they wanted the more more women to come? Yeah. And yeah. so the, there is some sort of commercial thing underlying that. Yeah, I mean, it's um, you know, there's not you know, yeah, absolutely. Um, women are less represented in the market, so um, mm -hmm. but and it's a it's a market which is very male dominated. But it's not just the women attracting women. Um, it's mm -hmm. also there's other conversations in the sector, current conversations, and it's that bravery which isn't normally had by companies. Mm. Yeah. So it kind of the reason I was kind of asking, and I, I kind of know you know this anyway. The reason I'm asking is the thing that we of course get sort of stuck on is you know what am I worth to this? This is what we're all sort of talking about. But of course, in many respects, and I say this in the kind of the kindest way, they don't actually care what you're worth. They care what they're worth, yeah. and so that you know they're they're doing this because there is an underlying kind of need or problem that they're trying to solve. One of the things which, you, if you you know, you probably had a story, there's the clients are really only buying two things. They're buying good feelings and solutions to problems. Uh, and all they want is they want the good feelings and they want the solutions to problems. And like, for an example, some of the good feelings, a lot of your expertise, you're extremely kind of personable, all of these sorts of things. These are a lot of the good feelings that they will buy. You know, you come with an expertise, you come with a sort of authentic kind of understood point of view. That's worth a lot, right? And then there is the whole other thing, which is the problem that they want solving, which is the women being underrepresented in the in the marketplace and then the commercial drivers that come with that. The thing to practice and kind of play with is uh, links to one of the, the, the second question I have, which is what you were talking about when you're writing a proposal. And is is when you write a proposal, is that the first time that you speak about money? Yeah. So you don't actually speak about money. You just have write the money into the proposal. Yeah. Is there any reason why you don't speak about money when you're talking to the client? Money's dirty. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like embarrassed. Um, mm. and, I, and yeah, so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I have a, I have a 
I have a small another small client um, who they're really challenged. They are really challenging attitude to money. And every time we talk about something, I like their company a lot. But every time I talk to the founder, he asks everything about in terms of money. And it really puts, you know, in some ways, I love the client. In other ways, it's just like the least ideal client because I don't want, I don't do hourly rates. I mean, I can do, but what's the point? You know, it's not mm. like, because I would take less time than you to do something. So, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. I would, less <laughs> you know I and mean, it's yeah. not the way to measure something you know mm -hmm. yeah and and so i i asked that not because because of course mm. there's truth in that and you know equally of course money isn't dirty right the yeah. idea we have about money yeah, might yeah. be but of course money isn't money is can is neither clean nor dirty money is just money and the the, the thing is that the more you um, create sort of opportunity for yourself. And it kind of feels like this will be the kind of practice for you a little bit. The more that you can start to just find ways to talk about money as the client sees it. So like with the retail people exploring, you know, what is this kind of worth to you? What is it, you know, when you better understand the kind of problem as they see it, because I think you have a good feeling for that anyway, starting to kind of play around with money in relation to that. Because then it's not, you know, essentially you want to be talking about money because money is an integral part of running your business it's you know it's important to you it's important to them it's an integral part we can't avoid it and that's not to say that you just kind of race to some sort of lowest common denominator of uh it's dirty we're talking about hourly rates and it's all about cheap 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 what the, the the goal is and what we try and teach essentially is equipping you with some questions so that you are more comfortable having the conversation so you can get money onto the table earlier kind of metaphorically conversationally onto the table earlier because you want to be talking about it because then also you're not putting all the pressure on you at the moment you're putting all of the pressure on yourself when it comes to writing a proposal and actually you've also got to remember that irrespective of how well your clients know you and the rest of it Buying something is also fraught with risk, especially services. So I know this too, because I had an agency and so I've been very much in this kind of space. Buying anything, even if there's a really strong personal connection, is fraught with risk, right? Mm. And so there's always a little bit of a voice in the kind of heart mind of your client as well. And it's either louder or quieter, depending on how well they know you. But there's always a little voice which is saying, is this going to work? Is this going to work? Am I going to look good? Am I going to look good? You know, because I've got all those relationships, which I'm also dealing with. And so the more you're able to talk about money and understand this sort of thing from the from the client's perspective, actually, you're remove, you know, you're getting a lot of the ambiguity out the way. Because part of the thing that happens with money is we either don't mention it, then we just put it in a proposal. But the thing that we've not done there is that the client also has ideas about what it is that they want to spend, what they think that they should spend, how important it is. And if we don't explore that, actually, we're not really helping ourselves do the best work that we can do. That's mm. a good point. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, um, yeah, because it's, um, I'm about to, uh, like with the client I was talking about earlier, um, I'm about to, um, to start talking about the next tranche. So it is a good time to have that. Right. It's, when are you doing that? I've not got it in the diary. I've, I've I've got two events in the diary with them at the moment. Um, but it's quite it's quite yeah. So um yeah, but um yeah. So I've not I've not got it in the diary. But so when I say I'm about to, um I don't have a proposal. I, yeah, um, I've got some. Um, 
I've got some creative thinking to do first. Yeah, because I, I think the, the, the general principle of you, you know, practicing talking about money, but from their perspective, not yours. So yeah. that money has been spoken about beforehand. It makes it less about you, more about them. And also then you get to a place where you're talking, because for me also, proposals, I think we, we get confused, actually, and we put too much pressure on ourselves. This is a slightly different conversational point, but the, we kind of use proposals to sell. Yeah. And of course, a proposal's never fucking persuaded anybody to do anything. Right? <laughs> All a proposal does is basically a client is looking at it saying, you know, do I see my words in this? Does it reassure me? Does it kind of show me what, you know, get me metaphorically behind the wheel? But a proposal can't sell. And if, we, if we're only bringing up money in the proposal, yeah. we're actually making it harder for that proposal to work for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Same. You know, a proposal in many respects should just sum up the conversation that you have. And a, a whole big part of what we're trying to teach people is how to have these conversations so that the pressure is not on the proposal. The joy yeah. is in the conversation. That's really what we're trying to get people to. No, and it's, that's, it's so true. I mean, I'm following up um, something, a conversation I had two weeks ago uh, today. One of the uh, people's been quite ill, so I've left it more longer than I would. Uh, but um, And that was an interesting one because it was a client without, it was, they didn't know what they didn't know. So mm. we had a lovely conversation where they were just like help on so many angles. And so I sent something to start a comp to further the conversation, but I had to, and I gave some parameters about money and there could only be parameters to start it. But even that, you know, it's, I, I felt actually quite comfortable with that, but that decision isn't going to be made on money at mm. all. You know, I mean, mm. I think that they're the right size company for me. I think that I'm a great fit for them in terms of knowledge and what I could, you know, whatever, but it's, it's about the fit for them. And I can, I really feel part of them when I'm thinking mm. about it. Like I can see what they need that I don't have that I can bring in, um, yeah. but that we want to bring in to do a good job for them. But yeah, that that and that is something that you know, you know, I don't I don't fear then about money. I fear there about uh, well, fear is a strong word, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, I fear about other things. That's a good point about the proposal being. Um, yeah, it's. I do find it hard with clients that don't have an idea about money. Um, yeah, but I like what you said though. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, just to kind of, so I think what we're sort of interested in are, are kind of questions because questions which help the clients think about money. That's the thing that, you know, that's your kind of the, the kind of role and opportunity. So it's less about proposal. It's more about conversation and it's questions which help the client think about money. So what, um, so what, so for example, um, you know, have they set aside budget to make that happen? You know, um, well, that's always one question. But of course, everybody always says, no, I don't know what the budget is. But there is sort of specific things to come back to on that. It's, it's kind of more like like you're talking about with, with the retailer. It's a question that I we always kind of asked and kind of talk about in the course, which is just kind of one of many, you know, what's the cost of not doing this? Yeah. So with the retailer, what's the cost to you of not doing this piece of work? Uh, and so that that kind of thing kind of opens up. It kind of gets them thinking and probably sharing what their motivations are. What would what will not happen if they don't do this? And yeah. then that opens the door to you. Okay, so it's it's a gateway to start talking about the cost of the project for them, not the not the cost of you, but the cost of the project. Yeah. Um, and so this, you know, these are little portals in to be able to talk to them about what the value is because when you one final thing when you kind of mentioned being comfortable talking about value 
one of the things that we're kind of interested in value really all value is is the maximum amount that a client or customer is willing to pay at that moment so value changes all the time value on monday might be different to tuesday might be different to wednesday might be different to february april whatever it's the maximum a client is willing to pay at that time and so the more conversational you can be the better able you are to understand that all right okay thank you uh anything that you're going to take away specifically from that conversation sarah that, that you think yeah, you can no. um, work with um i like the idea well i like the idea of um yeah bringing up money earlier cool awesome well looking forward to hearing how that works for you Thanks. um and yeah keep in touch uh, mm, yeah do uh, yeah let us know how those next conversations go and um always selling if you want more help think about the course yeah thanks, <laughs> thanks very much will do and um, i look forward to the rest of uh, this morning very awesome. good thank you very Take much bye-bye um yeah it was really interesting i think the thing that sprang up for me with uh sarah's or the way sarah described some of the a particular situation was if the customer is uncomfortable talking about money or doesn't you know, isn't able to articulate or work well with the idea of money. How, how can we help? How, as a supplier, can you help? Mm. Because I think if they can't talk well about money, then that's like, well, you're kind of hampered <laughs> when you're talking about pricing. Mm -hmm. mm. And so uh, the word curiosity sprang to mind. It's like the more uh, Sarah and all of us can be more curious about where someone is with their idea of money and price. Mm. and have conversations that slowly not only help us figure out but help them crystallize their own thinking then we're all we'll be all more happy and also mm. potentially maybe we can even just say no sorry you know where you're at with that price is not where i'm going to be at with my price yeah and i think yeah the one of the last things that tara mentioned there which I think is really important is um you know she was saying that um price is not important for this kind of for this you're referencing a client saying price is likely not to be important for them and i think that that's actually true way more often than we think it is price is actually not really the deciding factor it's a thing which warrants a lot of attention but actually price isn't really the thing which has the kind of big big sort of impact it's one of the things that we look to kind of reassure or to reaffirm ideas that we've already formed about whether i should do this piece of work or not um, and which is again comes back to the conversational thing. Nice. Okay, uh, Saskia, I'm going to invite her now to to share her thoughts and uh, maybe a question around this topic. Uh, she's on her way. Um, in the meantime, for those of you who are watching it tomorrow, uh, Lawrence and I are doing a run of our our first ever clarity session, uh, and we picked the topic of money, uh, and this is tackling some of the deeper stuff, not necessarily the tactics and strategies that Ben talks about on the course, but some of the relationship aspect of money. So if you're interested in that, click on the link um, on the on Crowdcast and you can find out more about what we're doing there. Saskia, welcome. Yes, Will. Hello. Hi. <laughs> 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 I'm calling in from the Netherlands and um, uh, I, my business is called Ja Wol which in German means yes, absolutely. And in Dutch, it means yes, wool. So I recently pivoted my business. I uh, owned a 
as we call it, indie knitting shop, indie yarn shop, which is completely different from any other yarn shop, just to be clear. <laughs> and I had a needle craft school uh, combined. Um, I shifted and pivoted to, um, to an online presence with a community and a membership, and I'm working on a course. Um, so what I do right now is I help knitters build a more conscious practice. Um, I use different tools and different products to do that. One of the tools is a podcast and um, the products, as I said before, uh, the um, the membership. So I'm actually experiencing a lot of imposter syndrome at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Because obviously this is not my uh, main language and uh, sometimes it's hard for me to find the right words. So I was thinking about explaining how I feel uh, when it comes to imposter syndrome, but I can't find the words. So you might be able to help me out. So when you when you descend from a building on a rope, what's that called again? Absailing. Falling down? Yes, Absolutely. that's it. Okay, so I did this once and I have a terrible, um, uh, I'm afraid of heights. Uh, and also I'm heavy. I'm a, I'm a big woman. So at, you're at this point where you need to believe that the, the tools, the stuff is going to keep you safe, right? But you have to let go in order to and then there's no point where you feel it click unless you're over that. And it's, oh, I even shiver when I think of it now. That's what I feel like um, in my work in this moment when it comes to pricing. Because I'm in a group of people that are used to getting a lot of free information. And I'm doing a new thing. It's completely new. Nobody is selling them ways to be more conscious in their practice. I mean, mindfulness is a thing. Yoga is a thing. All these kinds of things and, and uh, organic food and veganism, all that kind of thing, but not connected to your hobby of knitting. So mm -hmm. I actually want people to pay me money so I can teach them to get more focus and to get better results because they're overwhelmed by all the products and all the patterns. Mm. I think this is the best way I've ever explained it. Can I get? Brilliant! Well, we've recorded this that. Video? This is all recorded. <laughs> it's all recorded. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let me see what I wrote down in terms of. Yeah, you were talking about male and female energy. In my case, it's definitely. Um, there's no way around it. There's. It's most of the people that are following me and that are in my community are uh, Dutch females. And Dutch is one thing, we are very frugal. Um, there's a whole thing behind that, but it's probably war. Um, and Dutch people are very careful with money and the whole Calvinism, let's not get into that. And then um, females, basically they, they feel like they don't, uh, they don't deserve it. Uh, they don't give themselves um, this kind of thing. And also my colleagues in the business give everything away for free on YouTube. So um, I basically, my personality and um, what I loved, uh, what's, what, what was her name again? Sarah, what she said, the difference between expert and expertise. 
I basically have to sell this whole thing with my personality and um, tell them that I really know what I'm talking about. And mm. it's scaring me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure if you can work with this, <laughs> if you have some information for me. Cool. Go for Ben. Um, yeah, well, I guess the first thing I was going to say, thank you for joining us and sharing all of that. And uh, every time I have a conversation with someone from Holland, they say to me, oh, no, you know, it's difficult for me. I'm doing this in my second language. And then they proceed to use vocabulary, which I struggle with. Oh, really? <laughs> so uh, the first thing to say is clearly that is not an issue. Uh, but thank you for coming and sharing in your second language. Uh, so kind of hugely appreciate that. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I guess there there could be a lot to get into with this because I know what your uh, obviously Carlos has a huge amount of kind of expertise in this space as well. Um, and one another thing which does come up a lot is this thing that people struggle with. Everybody else in my area or my colleagues even giving away everything for free. So what to kind of sort of do about that? And you know, so I guess there is the the thing around pricing courses and pricing for communities and there's a thing around how you deal with the kind of free versus not free and all of these things are a little bit on a journey and i guess one of the one of the things that i'm kind of interested in i mean i i think that you have a niche is of course a really kind of powerful start point you know it might be you might be we look at it and go well or your kind of feeling is, but these people don't expect to pay anything. I think because you have a really clear, current, you know, really clearly defined niche, that is the opportunity for for pricing well. And and I guess one of the other things to say, which kind of reference a little bit with um, uh, with, with 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 Sarah previously, is this is not necessarily just about kind of charging a lot for things. You know, it's about charging what something is worth charging your courses, charging the community for what it's worth. And the thing is that only our customers and our clients can really determine what something is worth. That's why we don't want to spend too much time thinking about what we're doing, because it's just, it's kind of dead energy. Because actually, the judge, the only important voice in the room, are the people who we're doing it for. They're the ones who really decide. And that there is a kind of niche around it. It's not about is knitting mindfully, if I kind of paraphrase incorrectly, excuse me, you know, it's not about is knitting kind of mindfully kind of worth anything. It's like, what do I gain from being part of this group? And it might be that actually that there is all of this free content out there is really helpful to you because then what do I get? Actually, I learn more by exploring that in a group with other people. I learn more in the community of that. So it's about, you know, the thing I referenced before is about the good feelings and the solutions to problems. That's actually what people are buying. That, you know, the that I'm learning to knit mindfully is not the thing they're buying. You know, they're buying the peace, the ease, the connection, the joy, all of those things which come from community, which come from bringing a mindful awareness to this practice. They're the benefits. They're the outcomes. And that's, that's the point of the value. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And um, one of the membership is called the Conscious Knitting Club. Mm -hmm. And all the, um, the focus was basically on doing things consciously, making the right decisions. But I translated this into some questions in my Instagram account. And um, like knitters have a stash. 
like uh, people that have seven bicycles or if, if you like something, you have a lot of it. So when I reframed my wording and was talking about uh, how would how do you feel about your stash? Do you have mostly negative feelings, mostly positive feelings mm. um, and some questions around that? Um, that started to open up my eyes. Maybe I should not focus too much on the consciousness. The consciousness could be like an effect mm. and we are just going to help you uh, get your stash um, in its best shape or yeah. super inspiring or whatever. And just changing the wording might help um, mm. with that. And yeah, I, I also think I'm basically talking to, I have some followers, but they started following me when I had a different um, business. Mm -hmm. So I need also to venture out and uh, find new people that are yeah. more open to this type of product. Yeah, and just what there's it has nothing to do with imposter syndrome. Right. Yeah, but it's all all kind of part of the whole package of um, yeah. of kind of pricing and doing your your kind of business well. I think just one thing for Carlos can offer a, a sort of quick view on the community thing. Uh, the thing around stash, I think, is really interesting because whenever anybody buys anything. They, they want something to change, basically. And so to your point, it's that they don't want the consciousness. They want something to change. They want a feeling to go from this to go from this or something else to go from this to go to this. And the, you know, that helping them see the journey, that transformation that they get by being part of it, of course, is the thing which unlocks the opportunity. And, you know, using the idea of the stash sounds a really evocative one to me. How you're feeling towards your stash that's actually kind of points to a lot, doesn't it? You know, a feeling of kind of holding on to a feeling of kind of ease, whatever it might be. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. You know, and I think it's it's kind of, <laughs> it's articulating that change. Carlos. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to break it down into there's marketing and there's pricing. And to a certain level, from what I've learned from Ben, pricing is part of marketing because pricing mm. is positioning. It kind of like puts you in a, in a it, it brackets you in a certain way in terms of the people that you're going to work with. Um, following on from what Ben was saying, you know, people buy problems or buy solutions and, and good feelings. Um, when it comes to community, um, and I think from my understanding of, of the type of community you're creating, there's a lot of good feelings that you're, you're, you've got, you, you can create for people, you know, connection, uh, centeredness, focus, maybe purpose. You know, there's something really tangible. There's a story there and that, that's, I think really heavily part of the marketing play and I assume going to be part of the decision making when it comes to saying, all right, I want to pay that money because what I understand with pricing is like, it will depend on that person, whether they believe, you know, if I'm lonely, if I'm feeling really kind of scattered, if I'm really finding it difficult to work with all these materials and don't know what to do with them, there's going to be real value in someone helping me do this. And the other word I think, uh, might be health is understanding what chaos are they in because like what Ben was talking about they want to go from chaos to clarity and and peace yeah and as much information as there is on the internet there is a lot of information on the internet where do I start what do I do next that is really important for someone uh, as a problem to solve mm. when you really want to get somewhere and so there's a price for that you know, like 
Ben was saying is like, what at what cost of not doing this and not having someone help me through those stages in a in a certain level? What do I lose? Oh, a year, two years, three years, my sanity, whatever it is. It is you know, it's interesting there. There is a monetary value there, despite what cultural aspects there might be around spending money. To an individual, I think there's there's a there's a value. Um, there's something also. I think we talk about this on the course. How you um, anchor it? What are you comparing it to? What what else would you do? You pay for in order to get the same outcome? And what what can you pinpoint based on the people you want to work with that they would be framing it against, so that you can then at least have a much more confident approach to it rather than what does it mean to me? Is like actually uh, I could I could pay for a life coach. How much do they cost? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> what would I spend on that? And so it starts yeah. to get, I think it's part of this journey and this is again uh, it's a, it is work that we try and scaffold for you, you in the course is exploring those different bits of information that the customer is exposed to to help you then narrow down to the number that works for you and then you tell the story about mm -hmm. that number i don't know if that helped for you yeah yeah it really it really does and i think there's a lot of uh, value and um and power in having the conversation and uh, like Ben said before, from the perspective of the customer, um, I'm going to really have to think about that because then they're just going to pay me five, five euros. <laughs> but no, I, I know. know. I think yeah, it's it, what Carlos is saying. It's, it's how you frame that. Because if you did just yes, say to them, yes. What's it worth? They're like, I don't know. Yeah, a euro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's yeah. then how you kind of frame that so that it does. Yes, that's not absolutely. where it is. Yeah. This is super helpful. Thank you guys so much. Um, lots to think about. Cool. Mm. Knit your worries away, Andrea said, which I really <laughs> like. Eat and knit your fibers. <laughs> Boom. Well, please get back to us and let us know how that goes. Um, mm. If you try something out or have a conversation with with some of your followers, uh, we'd love to hear what they what you know what stories they have about the journey they want to go on uh, and what they're looking for. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. So you. you take care. Bye-bye. Cool. Ah, commute, pricing community is a fucking hard thing. Yeah. Really hard. Yeah, yeah. And so Saskia. I know a few, a few of the people that I've been speaking to about the upcoming course are in that space. They are trying to kind of work out how to do that. So yeah. if you are also in the kind of pricing for community space, do kind of register because we are trying to put this group together for the next course and it would be good that there are a few of you who are kind of wrestling with that as there are also people who are selling services but it, this is the the pricing community is, is something which is also coming up a fair bit so yeah uh, do do register and it'd be good to talk further yeah there's there's a there's a marketing aspect to that there's a strategy aspect to that and then there's actually all right i hit the page am i gonna press the button um one of the things that uh, we talk about in the course is is being easier to buy and mm -hmm. uh, I think all the work that we would like to help you with is making sure that you are as easy to buy as possible. The journey to that page or to the decision, there's work there in terms of marketing. But if you've got people that are coming to you, how do you make it really simple? Say, yep, that's the thing I need from you. That's what I'm going to I'm going to commit to. Cool. Ooh, that was that was a big one. That was a big one. Our timekeeping is excellent as ever. Half an hour on the dot. Half an hour. It's a half an hour. Then we're done. People can get back to their day. Oh, look, <laughs> 54 minutes and 17 seconds. <laughs> oh, dear. 
Well, I hope everyone uh, you've managed to get something from Sarah and Saskia's stories. Uh, anything that a theme there you could sum up, Ben? Do you identify anything you could say? Um, I mean, I guess the 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 thing that does keep coming back to this, you know, and I know I, I kind of sort of I'm boring myself by how many times that I sort of say this. So I hope it's less boring for others. Is is just this shift in both those the, both the conversations that we've had. It's just the reminder, this isn't about you. This is about the people who are buying your stuff. Uh, and so the more we can spend time in their shoes, not our shoes, the better. And that's really the kind of opportunity for everyone, really. Out of your shoes, into their shoes, that's the place that kind of pricing originates. That's the price. That's the place where value is is defined. Yeah. And... Um... It's interesting when I think about this as well. It's like it's an appreciation, and particularly when I'm thinking what Sarah was talking about, one of her customers. It's appreciation of what your customers think about money. Mm. Sarah was talking about a customer who's uh, there's a certain attitude to money. Saskia was talking about a cultural attitude to money. Mm. Without that appreciation, it can be very hard. What well, it can be more challenging to talk about pricing, mm -hmm. and so. And that I think also comes from your appreciation of money. Because once we realize, actually, <laughs> I've got all of these ideas around money that isn't just about how much yeah. I'm going to pay for something, it starts to open up all possibility in terms mm -hmm. of how you can work with it. And this is one of the things we want to like fold into the course. It's, it's mm -hmm. challenging to do it, particularly in the five day course, but it's stuff that we'd like to try and introduce a bit more. And, and tomorrow, Lawrence and I are going to play around with this idea of actually investigating this relationship to money. It isn't something you can fix straight away. It's a longer journey. But I think the more that you can combine the tactics and the strategies with the stories underpinning the decisions mm -hmm. we make, the, I think, A, the more powerful you will be in your in the way that you price. But also, I think the, the more uh, curious and compassionate you start to get with this yeah. stuff rather than it like hard nose, what's the, prof the biggest profits I can make? Yeah, and I think that that is a kind of that is a good place to end. I think because this the curiosity and compassion to it, actually, this pricing, selling, all of these things, it doesn't need to be hard, complicated, messy, uncomfortable. It should be from a place of curiosity, and it can be from a place of compassion. And actually, the the closer we get to that, the more opportunity will kind of spring out of these conversations. Awesome. I'm uh, loving where this is getting to. You know, we started off. I think last year, quite tactical and strategic. Uh, I think now we're trying to fold in more of this, actually, the human aspect of this. So, mm. yeah, um, um, thank you very much, everyone, for joining us. Thank you for your input and your and your suggestions uh, mm -hmm. for Saskia in particular, it seems. Um, <laughs> looking forward to seeing you again next week. Um, yep. Assume the same time. <laughs> No. Oh, I mean, yeah. But we can have a new time. I don't know. It's what time? Who knows? I, I, I quite like the idea of 9.30. I'm going to have to find someone to run Action Cafe at the beginning of the day so I can then jump in. But, yeah, well, let, let's let's play with that. But uh, let, let's commit to 9.30 next week because it we're feels – We'll awake at 9.30. We'll be, we'll be waking. And, you know, by May, it will be at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> then just all night. It'll be an all-night <laughs> session. All those, oh, 24 hours talking about money. <laughs> now, that's the event. Okay. Awesome. Nice one, Ben. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you. See you, everyone. Bye.
Thank you for listening to our Waking Up to Money podcast. We hope you found it useful. If you're new to this podcast and this idea of waking up to money, then you may be interested in our Happy Pricing Manifesto and course. Go to our website at happypricing.co where you can download the manifesto and also get a copy of our Happy Pricing Canvas. The manifesto is our declaration of what we believe is important for pricing well and pricing happy. The canvas is a tool to help you make sense of the prices you currently set and what you can do to price more methodically and confidently. Twice a year, we also run our Happy Pricing course, where you'll get the chance to learn more deeply the ideas we share on the podcast with the guidance and support of Ben and the cohort of like-minded peers who'll be doing the course with you. Please register to the course if you'd like to get alerted of when we're running it next. Go to the website, again, happypricing.co forward slash course. Also, please remember to follow us on Spotify and to share this episode and links to the podcast with any friends you think would find it useful. If you'd like to ask your questions live on our Waking Up To Money show, then register to our Crowdcast channel by going to ahappy.link forward slash waking up to money. See you soon.